We would like to welcome you to today's sermon delivered by Pastor Stuart Guthrie. We hope that it challenges, strengthens, and encourages your walk in the Lord. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at the praying prophet, Jonah 2, 1 to 10. Last week we looked at three different uh, ways in which we could begin the process of getting rid of the problems in our lives. And today we're really going to talk about prayer. Um, we're going to look at, uh, again, the, the, the logistics behind what it is to be a praying Christian. Um, if you recall, we, we have been going over uh, these three areas. Well, the, the first sermon that we looked at was Jonah on the dry land disobeying God. And then the last two sermons we looked at with Jonah was on the sea fighting with God. There was a tension that had come about. There were problems that existed. And if you remember, they, they chunked him over the boat to get rid of the problem. Today we're going to begin to look at chapter 2 as we see Jonah under the sea pleading with God. And then next week we'll look at uh, chapters 3 and 4 in some detail. But today we're going to look at Jonah's pleading with God or you could say, you could call it Jonah's prayer to God. And so if you will, let's, let's open up uh, the text this morning so we might can dig. So just turn with me to, to Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. I want to start out with a story about my own personal life. I remember years ago when we had our first child, Annabelle. Precious little girl she was. One morning we woke up and Jennifer and I noticed that her little knee was swollen. Um, we thought maybe she had bumped it, maybe she had fell, and, and so we gave it a few days, but it never went down. Um, but we noticed that she started getting sick. She started running fever. And so we said, ah, well, maybe we need to take her to a doctor. You know, we had, we didn't, this was our first kid. We, we had never been through any of those experiences, and so we just thought time would take care of everything. But... Uh, that wasn't the case, so to speak. And so we took her to one of the, the local doctors, the local pediatricians, and he began to look at it, and uh, he had some concern. And so he called a specialist and set up an appointment. We went to a specialist, and that specialist wanted to go in and do some investigation. And so he drew some fluid out of her knee. And when we got the report back, we'll never forget that they said it's staph infection. And uh, And the doctor wanted to go in and and do some surgery, and here we have our first child. Uh, never had really been in a place where there has been a, a lot of reliance on God to do things. You know, we, we go to work, we, we, we make the bills, we pay the house payment, we do all these things, and yes, God provides, but we never really were in a place where we had to completely trust on the Lord. And here, it's time for the surgery, and I'll never forget little Annabelle sitting in that bed she wasn't really even able to communicate at that time. And so I remember petting her head right before they put her to sleep, telling her everything was going to be okay when I had no idea what okay looked like. And she looked to me for comfort. I remember that day really well. And all she wanted to know was, Daddy, is it going to be okay? And I remember trying to be strong for her. and and uh, But inside... Inside, I was destroyed. I was scared. Um, I didn't know what to do because Dad couldn't fix this problem. And so there was a reality that my life 
was in God's hands. Her life, her situation was completely 100% in in his hands and out of my control. This morning, I wonder how many of us find ourselves in situations like that on a regular basis. Situations that we don't really know how to deal with them. There are circumstances that are above and beyond your and my fixing. And we just simply have to trust in God. I think that's what's happening in the life of Jonah this morning. He, he's admitted to his sin he, 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 of running. And, and he explains to these men that this storm is because of his faults of disobeying and running from God. And he says, throw me overboard and the sea will become calm. And it becomes calm. And we learn that in this passage, he has no control of his life. All of his circumstances from the moment he's cast overboard is in the hands of the almighty creator of the seas and the lands. So there are a few things that I want us to learn from this passage that I think will help us get through those mundane things of life, those circumstances in which you and I cannot understand, those things you and I cannot change specifically in our own ability, but that we simply have to rely on trusting God. The first thing I want us to see this morning is that acceptable prayers come in time of need. When we find ourselves in times of need, this is a good time to start praying. Uh, We want to pray before we get into a time of need, but there is a reality that exists when we are going through difficult times. That's when God becomes more and more real than we've ever noticed before because we actually have to reach out to Him. Uh, the second thing is acceptable prayers become uh, come in obedient minds. And then lastly, we're going to look at acceptable prayer, prayers come in trust and anticipation or trusting attitudes. Here in the first verse, we see Jonah. He, he's no longer running from God, but now he's pleading with God. He's asking God to help him, and, and he's being obedient now because of his circumstance. So let's look at the first, acceptable prayers come in time of need. He says, then Jonah, verse 1, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. He said, I called out of my distress to the Lord. He answered me. I cried for help from the depths of Sheol. You heard my voice. Here we see a a different Jonah. We've looked at chapter 1. We've seen the, the, the sailors crying out to God. We've seen them ask Jonah to call out to his God, but, but there's really no answer. In chapter 1, we're told not a single place in which Jonah had prayed to God. And yet now we find him in the midst of distress and he's crying out to God. Remember verse 6, he says, the sailors said, Why don't you call to your God? Maybe your God will be concerned. But now the circumstances have changed and Jonah finds himself in the midst of a need. When he went down to Joppa, he didn't pray. He didn't pray when he went down into the bottom of the boat. He didn't pray when he went down into the ocean. It wasn't until the depths. It was only when he got as low as low could possibly get, says that Jonah then prayed from the stomach of a fish. You see, acceptable prayers come in time of need. 
Uh, the Hebrew word used here for prayed has been used a total of 79 times in the scriptures. 70, 75 times it's translated pray, prayed, or praying. And of that 75 times, when we see the Hebrew word translated prayed, 28 of those times, out of that 28 times, only once is it used in a time of need. Jonah is in a time of need, a time of stress, and he is seeking God's help. That's very encouraging to me that no matter what your situation is today or the days to come, God is there to hear. God is there to listen. God is there to help deliver you out of those distresses of life. Running sometimes puts us into places that are not real normal, but nowhere is too far fetched from God's ear, from our cry. Listen, you might be at the lowest, but I want you to know God can hear from the depths, even from the stomach of a fish. You might be somewhere that you have no business being. Listen, God can hear you. Where are you today? You're never too far gone. For the God we worship not only can hear you, He desires to hear you. How often do we pray? Genuinely, fervently pray to God. Acceptable prayers come in time of need. Uh, My wife and I knew that there wasn't anything we could do to fix my daughter's problem at the time. We couldn't heal Annabelle. We couldn't even tell her it was going to be okay without having some feeling of guilt of the unknown. And that was hard for me as a new Christian. To begin the process of learning to rely and to trust in God. But even in the middle of that hospital, in the confined space of that room, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God could hear my prayers in my time of need. And Jonah, that running missionary, knew that even from the belly of the fish, that God could hear the pleads of his life. You may have run, you may have been hiding, but you're never too far gone. God can hear. Now, I'm really repetitive in that because I want you to not miss that. Sometimes I think we encounter difficult situations and we feel like God is not even listening to me, so therefore, why even bother to pray? You see, until you get into the depths and difficulties of, of life, into spiritual battle, in tough situations, and you call on God, but God doesn't seem to hear your prayers. It seems like sometimes God's not listening. I don't know how many times I've met with people in the past where they say, listen, I pray to God over and over and over, but God's not listening to me. I've done something wrong. No, my friend, that's not how God works. God loves you. God cares for you. And he wants you to plead to him. He wants you to cry out to him in your difficulties. We need to cry to God, to the Lord, pleading to him with true repentance God doesn't shut the door on those that are knocking. Sometimes God wants to grow us in our faith, in our level of trust. 
If we prayed to God and God answered us every time, right away, immediately, we would use him like a genie in the bottle. He would become a Santa Claus Christian. I want this and I want that and and I expect to get that for Christmas. No, that's not how God works. You see, God knows our circumstances. He knows our future. He knows everything that lays ahead because He is sovereign. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He, He is almighty God. So we know that acceptable prayers come in time of need, but we also not need to miss the fact that acceptable prayers come in obedient minds. At this point, I think we all know the, the story of Jonah fairly well, at least at the point where we're at now. He's, he's running, he's trying to flee from the presence of the Lord, doing things in his own, own way. And in some, somewhere, in chapter, or somewhere in chapter 1, we start seeing a change in Jonah. He begins to admit his faults. He begins to admit his failures. And he begins to submit to the Lord and his will. And he begins to tell the men of how they could be saved. And we see, see him making uh, it back to the place where he's pleading with God and being beginning to be obedient. He says here in verses 3 to 6, For you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the current engulfed me, and your breakers and billows passed over me. Sounds like he's sitting there floating, drifting in the tide, and the waves are crashing on his head. You know, when I think about Jonah being thrown off, the, what I think is he hit the water, he sunk, went down, and the fish ate him, right? What well, seems to be he floated around for some time, maybe struggling in his, in his situation. Verse 4 says, So I said, I've been expelled from your sight. What's he saying? You're not seeing me. You're not seeing me. In whatever situation you're in this morning, I want you to know God hasn't expelled you from your sight. God sees all things, all situations. It's a loving, compassionate God. Nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy temple. I'm going to trust in you, God. I'm going to look towards the holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great depth. The great deep engulfed me. Now he's beginning to sink. The weeds wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars were around me forever. But you have brought me up. You have brought up my life from the pit. God is taking care of him. Some say this is a story from inside the fish. The rib cages are the, are the, are the, the roots from deep. Jonah is showing true marks of a believer now. He, he's pleading with God. He's, he's starting to be obedient even in his thinking. You know, I was reminded that sometimes complaining or murmuring about our situations or living in rebellion is not the marks of acceptable prayers. We can pray to God and we can complain about Him, but that's not what God wants us to do. It's really easy to do that. To murmur and grumble and complain when things aren't really good and perfect. We need to have minds like Jonah's having that are willing to accept the things of God. And listen, I get it, it's hard. Jonah could have complained that he was in the middle of this storm. He, he could have murmured about his situation. He could have rebelled more against God and, and the, the fact that he's running over 
and over and over. But what we see is a man who begins to admit the sovereignty of God in his life. And he says, You cast me into the deep, and your breakers and billows pass. He understands all this is God's. God owns them all. God is over the sea, over the depths, over the fish, over the storm. And he's at the point of death and as low as he could get even to the the roots of the mountains, it says. To the point of the earth with its bars, he says, are forever around me. It's, It's like a jail cell. Jonah knew that he was in a place that he could not get out of. He was in a situation that God had placed him in and that only God could deliver him from. Listen, some of you, and maybe even me, are in the belly of a fish. Maybe you find yourselves in situations that are impossible for you to get out of on your own. But I want you to know we worship a God who is a delivering God. A God that sets the captives free. Who gives grace and to mercy to all people in all places and all generations to those that trust in Him. If we will simply begin to plead with God and obey the Lord Jesus Christ, He will begin to work. And listen, I must say this. I don't want you to think that I'm some prosperity preacher or some kind of liberation theology. Some of us find our places because we put ourselves there, not God. I've been in places where God has put me, and I've been in places where Stuart has put me. God works in both. God can take us out of this. But sometimes we need to stop having a pity party, get up, and move on, and realize God doesn't have us there. We have ourselves there because we're living in some kind of habitual sin that's, that's pushing us further and further away from that intimate relationship with the Lord. I'm not talking about that. God has placed Jonah where he's at. God is treating him this way for a reason. And now Jonah begins to develop an obedient mind in which we know that allows to be acceptable prayers because they come from obedient minds. Listen, this morning, if you find yourself in a place that you have no business being, in a situation you have put yourself in, listen, God says, repent. And he'll forgive you. He'll begin the process of moving you out. Trust and rely on him. Begin to have obedient minds. Troubles brought about by God are not intended to to make you have uh, this separation or be an enemy to with God. No, it's to draw you back. They're placed in our lives so that we can begin to have intimacy with Him. That we can rebuild that relationship. The Scripture says don't hinder the Spirit of God. There is a, a place where we can begin to hinder the Holy Spirit. Listen, troubles brought by God we see throughout Scripture. Look at here, Psalm 119.67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. You see the results? It was this difficulty that God had brought on is what now allows to keep the word. 
Psalm 119.71 says, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Affliction is good. Don't, don't stand in the face of affliction and get so wrapped up in your own circumstances, your own situations, that you miss what God is doing. Every week I meet with a mentor. And every week he reminds me that in the midst of difficult circumstances, he, he says, you need to ask yourself one thing, what is God trying to teach you in the middle of it? If we miss that, we've missed it. Because I don't know about you, but the Christian life is not just a stroll through the park. When I open the scriptures, flowers and beautiful music don't sometimes pop out. Because people had real struggles. People have real difficulties. Yet there's a lot of great things. There's a lot of good things. And the greatest thing is that Christ can overcome all of those difficult things in your life. If we will just rely on Him. It says, I've been expelled from your sight. All this to draw Jonah back. And here in his prayer, he makes known who God is. With all that has gone on, all the troubles, all the deathly situation, all the areas in which he has been placed, he says, I can't get myself out. I'm going to rely on you. You've brought me up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. His mind is being renewed into an obedient mind. One that will not run, but one that will dig in and do what God has called him to do. Acceptable prayers come in obedient minds. When things look like they won't work, when times seem to have no end, when the death is knocking at the door, when the impractical things of life seem to clash with the reality of life, what will you do? And I submit this morning to you that we need to have obedient minds. We need to seek God in prayer and that obedient mindset. What do I mean? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The biggest struggle that you will have as a Christian is rejoicing in all things. Praying without ceasing. And giving thanks in everything. When, when your baby is diagnosed with a horrible disease. When your child has a staph infection. When a brother dies. When you're placed in the hospital with something that's going on that's causing you pain. You don't really know what it is. When you get a phone call that. The car went off the road and they didn't survive. Or when you get the phone call from someone who says, I want that divorce. Listen, difficulties are coming in life. We can't avoid them. Christ never promises that we won't have difficulties. The, tif- the difficult is to give praise in all things. Because when we trust God, when we have obedient minds, when we know that God loves us and He will never leave us and never forsake us, that this life is simply temporary, there is an eternal life to come when all of those things will be gone. And that's why Thessalonians says, give them hope in these things that Jesus is coming. Pray for His coming. Why do we pray? Because we are obedient. For we know... That God loves us. 
Why do we not pray? Because we are disobedient. Why are we disobedient? Because we fight with God. Why are we obedient? Because we plead with God. That's what we see. James 5 says, the prayers of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The prayers of a righteous man accomplishes much. That day at the hospital, I remember I was upset. I was crying like a baby. And I kept asking the question, why, Lord? Why my little daughter? We didn't realize how bad she was until we looked back at pictures and we began to see those pictures of her being sick in, in, in a place that seemed deathly. But I prayed out of obedience. I asked God in the midst of that to have his way and that he would teach my wife and I how to get through this difficult circumstances by trusting in him. You see, acceptable prayers come in a time of need. Acceptable prayers come in, in obedient minds. And lastly, acceptable prayers come in trusting attitudes. I didn't know what would come of Annabelle. There were risks, and I know she was very sick. I know to others it may not seem like to have seemed like a big deal at the time, but for me as a, a newer Christian man, it was extremely difficult. I remember calling a dear brother on the phone, Jimmy Farabee, a, a mentor of mine growing up. Moral of this story is if you don't have a mentor in your life, you're missing it. We all need to have people who are there for us, praying for us and pouring into our lives. None of us are too big in our Christian walk to have somebody walking with us through it. And I called my mentor, Jimmy Farabee, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried. And I, and I said, there's nothing I can do. And he said, yeah, there's nothing you can do, brother, but you can learn to trust in God. Now is the time to learn to trust in God. God is trying to teach you how to trust in him through this situation. Acceptable prayers come in trusting attitudes. He says here, Verse 7 to 10, while I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayers came to you in the holy temple, in your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry lands. Jonah, even in the midst of fainting away, remembered the Lord. And the Lord heard. It seemed that he trusted even though he had run from God. He had been disobedient. And God had brought him into the belly of this fish to draw him back into that relationship. But what nails it for me is the fact that he says salvation is from God. What is he running for? He's running because God wanted him to go among a people who are evil who were brutal, and who were killers. And he knew God's grace and God's mercy was for all people in all places and all generations for those that trust in him. Jonah reminds us that true trust and true hope is in God alone. Salvation is of the Lord. After Jonah prays in his time of need with an obedient mind and, and trust and hope, we see a great mercy and deliverance. As the text tells us, the, the fish spits him out back on dry land. 
Jonah's back on mission. He's no longer fighting with God. He's no longer running from God, but now he's being obedient. You ever talk to a fish? Of course not. Fish don't talk. But God talks to the fish. And God instructs the fish to do something miraculous. And the great fish spits Jonah out. God is the one that speaks. And He is the one who delivers. And He is the one who hears. And He is the one who brings forth salvation. So our hope, our desire, like Jonah, now is time to go forth and proclaim what God wants us to proclaim. And for us, that's the gospel. Share the gospel and watch God work in the lives of people. What we have is Jonah in a place that can't be removed, but through pleading, God delivers him to safety. Where is your hope? Is it in ourselves? Or is it in the God who speaks to fish? Is it in the God who delivers and makes well and brings captives and sets them free? Is it in a God or is it in the world, the things of the world? This is a tension we will all deal with. When we're going through difficult times, the first thing we want to do is solve that problem ourselves. Jonah tried to do that by running, by hiding. And God brought him back and put him in a place that he couldn't do anything but rely on him. Listen, this morning, I think many of us sometimes find ourselves in difficult places because we've been trying to do it in our own way for so long. But he is the way. He is the only way. And Jonah's prayer and pleading allows God to be glorified. Thirteen years later, twelve years later, Annabelle's fine. She has a little scar on her knee. We spent Christmas in the hospital that year. Santa Claus, presents, dogs, all those folks came to visit us in the hospital. If we watched her heal many more days, but I can promise you in the middle of that storm, it was extremely difficult. But God saw the end result. God sees the end result. Whatever that looks like, God sees it in his best. And for Jonah, God sees where he's going and what he's going to do and what's going to be accomplished by his faithfulness because salvation is of the Lord. Listen, let the running in. And if God has you in a place that you can't get out of, stop waiting and trying to do it upon yourself, but rather wait on the Lord. Be patient. Pray and wait. Pray and wait. Pray and be wait. Be faithful. Trust in God, for He's in control. He loves you and He cares for you. And it will bring Him honor and it will bring Him glory. And Jesus, let's pray.